What's good? What's going on, everybody? You already know who this is. And it's definitely a favorite self for child. Ah, yeah, yeah. Shark coming back to you once again here at the PEG Podcast. You already know. We elevating, we living life, we uplifting, and we encouraging people to be themselves. You already know how we do it. So, you already know I dig in my bag and I got to get the hottest artists and hottest public figures that going to come and show you no matter what through life. You got to keep pushing forward. So, you know, I had to do something a little different. And I know you guys you ever heard of UFC, MMA. Yeah, yeah. I went and dug in my bag and got me a little fighter that's really been out here showing the wave. Not only he living life, going through adverses through life, struggling with life. He also showing people that, yo, I'm an MMA fighter and this is why I do it. So let me go ahead and bring the one and only. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Cloud in the building. What you doing, bro? What's up? Nothing much. I'm doing pretty well myself. So. You're good. Just chilling, man. Living life. Living life. All right, man. So look, before we get started, y'all already know I'm not giving out no social media. He not dropping no sauce until you follow like right now. Yeah, yeah, follow. Now is my time to shine. Let's when your time comes, don't postpone it. When others doubt and out, you don't condone it. Truth be told, yourself is your toughest opponent. When your moment comes, grab hold and own it. Never let go, stand tall and hold tight. By the way, while y'all follow all everything else, make sure y'all follow K Cloud MMA on all platforms Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat Plus. Uh, you even got OnlyFans, and if you want to, go um, uh, go follow my manager and my coaches, Law School MMA, and Jalil Willis. Hit them up if any of y'all are looking forward to trying and step, make that big step and get in the cage, man. Yeah, I know a lot of y'all probably watching the training gyms and stuff. Yeah, take that next step. It'll change your life for I sure. Hey, y'all, this was early. I was gonna make y'all wait, so now you got the social media, Christopher. Cloud, he told you to go ahead and reach out to his promoters, his manager. Hey, if you're looking to fight after this episode, you're looking to do what he doing after this episode, hit them up right now, okay? Make sure you tap in. So, man, hey, before we get started, Christopher, let's tell a little people about who you are. So, who is Christopher Elite Cloud, man? Like, how did we get here? So... Basically, so basically, you just want to run down my life story. Basically, yeah. is that what you kind of asking a little bit? Tell All right, a little bit about you. Damn, where do I start? So, All right, you start growing out up, where you from? Growing up, growing up, it was hard for me. I grew, I was born in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, well, I was really born in Portsmouth, Virginia, but I tell everybody I was born in Pensacola because as soon as I was born, I moved down there to Florida, and I spent my whole life in Pensacola until I was about ten. I rest, started wrestling when I became six years old, and I wrestled throughout all school. Ten, my mom went overseas and stuff, so in Kuwait and stuff, and it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool and stuff like that, and we just moved around. Uh, we went to Memphis. Um, my grandma was also active duty, so we were in San Diego a couple times, Uh then we really settled. We went to Texas, and then we came up to Memphis around the time I was about 10, 11, I think. We hit there, and I basically I basically fell in love with wrestling. I mean, I dedicated – I was kind of slacking off when I first started, and 
when I got older, I kind of I kind of dedicated myself to wrestling to where I built the fantasy of possibly going to the WWE and all that. But there was something that stood out the most when I hit high school. And yeah, when I hit high school, I had the big dream. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to these big colleges. I'm going to go Penn State. I'm going to wrestle for Iowa. I'm going to wrestle for Rutgers. I'm going to wrestle for all these guys. I want to be like Nick Suriano. I want to be like JB. I want to be like Kyle Date. All those guys. I mean, I looked up to those guys. Those were my heroes. But COVID hit and it messed up everything for the love that I have for wrestling. And the funny thing is, my senior year is what actually did it for me. And when COVID hit, I fell in love with UFC. There was something different about it. Uh, I had surgery on my hand that year. Uh, I had a major cyst in my wrist. And I got taken out. And the day after I got surgery, my my ass was donate getting donations for the Bolton High School wrestling team in wow. Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, my head coach, my head coach wrestling, uh, Rodrigo Galvin. Uh, also, guys, if y'all want, if y'all want to really look into what Cage Fury on USC Fight Pass is all about, go look up Rod Galvin. Is at his Rod V three on Instagram and his Facebook. Just look up Rod Galvin. I get so. This guy, this guy has been through it all with me. I trusted him with my life when I wrestled in high school. And even like that, I was one of his best wrestlers. And I always helped because he was the head matchmaker for V3 before Cage Fury bought V3. And now he's the head, one of the head matchmakers for CFFC now, too. So they, this dude offered me to come do donations. And that was my first time ever going to a fight. Mm. I knew what MMA was. I knew what the guys like Dustin Poirier, all them was like, I knew like what UFC was before like COVID hit. Like I, I watched a little bit. Like I watched Conor McGregor do a little bit of stuff. Um, but I went to that, I went to that thing and there was fighters there that I had trained with wrestling in the high school. Wow. And like, Big time name. If any of y'all from Memphis, Memphis own guys that watch this, watch the podcast, y'all may know Raheem Forrest, Rambo, mm -hmm. uh, big 901 fighter, uh, guy six and one, won the cage theory welterweight belt almost eight months ago. Um, I saw guys like that at this show as amateurs still. And I don't know. It was, at the time, I had a lot of anger issues. Yeah. And at the time, I had a lot of, I was developing a lot of bipolar expressions and feelings. So I was very depressed at the time. And the way I felt even outside the cage was different. It was different from wrestling. Uh, wrestling, yeah, I could I could escape my mind from the, from the real world when I stepped on the mat and yeah. shook hands. But... When I when I was a spectator, there was just something in me that I like had to do it. Mm -hmm. Like my life would not be fulfilled if I didn't put on a pair of gloves. And after that, I I begged my mom to let me in the gym. And no, 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 you'll never fight. You're not gonna fight. You think I want to see you get beat up? Blah blah blah. Right. Like, you know, typical mom and stuff. Well, I turned 18 and uh, 
I turned 18 and I dated a girl in high school. So I forgot about it. I went all the way junior year, summer going into my senior year, just wrestling. And I didn't really think about it. I met this girl in high school, sophomore year, uh, senior year, uh, dated her, or her parents didn't like me. So stuff like that. And I also found out this girl lied to me, did a lot of stuff. Um, well, one time I was supposedly, this is when I, the first time I was ever put in an investigation as a fighter and a wrestler. Okay. I, for some reason, and I'm not afraid to say this, I've said this on a couple podcasts, what changed my life forever was this lady was abusing me. And when I went to run, when I went to run, she accused me of rape. Wow. And the only thing to save my life was my statement. And what the parents said didn't match up with what the email said between me and her. And that's because we were on the school email. They requested a school email and they saw the emails did not make no sense that she was trying to progress the thing. And I told her no. Well, like, like, I told her no. You said. Yeah, I. You know, you said that you you had a lot of relationship problems. You know, she was abusive. Yeah. Uh, wrestling as a want to go pro, like how much that played on your mental. You know, walking into that because bro, you're you know, gonna be so mind blown, man. Motherfuckers be so mind blown when I tell them this, dude. I I wasn't there. Wow. Like if I if I really wanted had the balls to kill myself, it probably would have went through. And, and I would have no, I would have no emotion towards that at all. Like, I from that, like from that experience right there, it, everything. It was, it was like when I when I had transferred from Bolton to Bartlett. The purpose of me transferring to, from Bolton to Bartlett was for me to wrestle because we were scared. Me and my family, we were scared that I wasn't gonna have a senior season. So because of COVID, so when I went down, when I went down that path, everything was fine. Stuff like that. Um, I was already dealing with in school being called the broke kid, the yeah. kid uh, broke mountain shit because I came from Bolton High School and they were like big rivals. I mean, B Bartlett High School thinks they the big the they're the real BHS and shit like that. So, I mean, coming from Bolton, people ask, well, what school you come from? Bolton, yeah, you get thank I every once in a while, um, but. After that, when I got to the wrestling team, everything was fine. That's where I met Cadence Davis. Um, great woman. I mean, mentally, like, she's smart as hell. I mean, she was in all AP classes, anything like that. But I ain't going to lie. And I don't care if she watches this. I freaking hate that woman, relationship-wise. And that's because of the fact of relationship-wise, but physically and her person, Nah, she's smart as hell. She can go real far. I mean, I hope she makes it. I mean, all pre-AP classes as a sophomore. She was a sophomore and was 16 when uh, I dated her. I was I started dating her when I was 17, the July before I turned 18. And, the, and what is crazy about that whole charge was it happened literally a day after I turned 18. 
Wow. And you know, that could have been part of your life. Like, it could have went so here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. They refused to rape Kit. And I swear to God, I didn't even touch her. And I didn't touch her. That's the crazy thing. And the cops literally proved their point because Cadence had said I didn't touch her in a statement. And her mom got pissed and like hired hey. a lawyer because, because the cops, because the cops were like pushing her ass because like I said, the cops thought it was weird that the emails didn't match what her mom's statements and Cadence's statement, first statement was. Wow. But yet the school offered them all the emails between both of us and it showed that I didn't touch her. I refused to because of her age. And yeah, that's what happened. But that that happens. I mean, we had a no. That happened to a lot. Like, I don't know if you know, like yeah. you can look at social media where the age thing kind of play. You know, there's people who life changed. They went to prison because they went from 17 to 18. They was in that girlfriend that they was talking to was still in that age where the legal law said you're not supposed to be dating. So, I mean, you actually you got blessed out of that. Thing yeah. Here, here's the thing about this. This woman, this woman did everything in her power to try and like get rid of me. Like I had found out after all this situation, and when I found out what what Cadence said in the in the police the police department, yeah. when I found out when they told me I was free, it really showed me how people can perceive themselves as something that they really ain't. Yeah. Because she walked, she told me that she loved me as much as she said she did. She did this, she did that. But mentally abused me. She physically abused me a couple times. I haven't told anybody this. Uh, I mean, I tell very rare people about this. I was physically abused. The National Domestic Violence Hotline, one in 10 men in this country will be physically attacked or stalked this year by an intimate partner, while one in seven over the age of 18 will be the victim of severe physical violence by a partner. Still, for most men, the problem is mental abuse. Name calling, belittling, um, making their self-esteem very low, making them think that they're not worth anything. Usually with men, it's um, more they use the kids against them. Um, I was told by multiple friends, man, hit her. Hit her back. Shit. No, I mean, no. It's that bad. Shit. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. That's against the oh, law. They're like, no, it's not. If a woman is physically harming you, it's not against the law to hit back. So what? And I looked that shit up. When you talk, when you said a lot of men deal with what you're talking about. So what do you recommend for them to do when you know, you're getting abused physically and mentally by a woman? But you can't hit them back. I know it's going to sound kind of like fucked up for me to say this. But find you another woman to talk to that, that you know for a fact ain't going to harm you. And <laughs> look, look, people people think I, I say this because it's like, it's kind of like cheating. Yeah, it's cheating. But at the same time, it's not cheating when you're when you're when you're in danger. And all that all that all that girl has to be is just a friend. After she gets out of the situation, not necessarily it's just to sleep with her. I mean, bro, there's tons of girls I'm friends with that I've never slept with that have always been there up and down. So that new generation bullshit, that shit need to stop, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Loyalty over love, bro. Because you know, like you say, you got people saying hit her back. 
And there's there's men that actually go through those physical abuse. So you know, look. Also, also, get out of another thing. Another thing. Another thing that I'll say in a situation like that in a domestic violence relationship where it's reverse genders. Uh, as a man, open up. Mm. Play the peace game with the police. Play the peace game with the police or some shit. Mm. Save yourself before it's too late. Yeah, because then open up. I know to you. Yeah, I like that. So, as a high school kid that you are trying to get into pro wrestling, find your way from wrestling to UFC. Um, you found a gift that you liked, this which is wrestling. Your parents, your mother, as you said, didn't want you. Your family didn't want you to fight. Um, and a lot of people will sacrifice what they family want versus what they really want. So um, how did you make that step in saying, OK, even though my family don't want me to fight, I'm going to still fight. Like, how did you get them on the same page with you? See, last July, when I fought Nick Dalhousey from Wolfpack MMA on July 29, 2022, uh, on Cage Fury on USC Fight Pass. Uh, when I took that fight a week and a half notice, I was already in the gym for a month. Uh, I had just got done wrestling in nationals um, and the Borough Brawl Nationals. So, yeah, that was my last wrestling tournament. And I ate like a pig. So I was, shit, I was in shape. <laughs> I was in shape at all. I mean, I still had a stomach. I mean, I had my torso, but I didn't have the abs that I used to have when I wrestled. Uh, I do now. I mean, yeah, after that big ass cut, the 135 three months ago. Yeah, I have them now. So, uh, cause I had to change my eating habits big time for me to even make the weight. Um, so when that happened, uh, my mom flipped the lid. Like I'll be honest with y'all never, that's one thing. If your mom ever acts like my mom, don't ever hide you get it, you having a fight from your mom again. Because I never heard the last of it. Um, it was just, Imagine. why the fuck you fighting? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? That wasn't the game plan. Like, you're just like, oh my God, shut the hell up, please. It hurts. Like, it's like, annoying. Like, some people, like, like you, you you say, okay, well, I'm still going to do it. But some, some people don't have that encouragement that you got that willpower to go against she here's the thing here's the thing and my mom if my mom watches this she gonna she gonna be like i'm gonna whoop his his ass but i love him because i always used to say this when i turned 18 i'm 18 i'm a grown adult why does it matter why does it matter i used to say that all the time and that she used to piss my mom off all the time and i hate pissing her off and i always say that shit because i'm already irritable and shit like that. Me and my mom could fight for hours and then wake up the next day and like shake hands. Like it's crazy. <laughs> Me and my mom have a love-hate relationship, but at the end of the day, I know that woman that woman will jump in front of me for anything, for sure. Right. I mean, if a bullet shot at me, she jump in front of me for sure. Um but yeah, that's how it really was. And she wasn't cool with it at first. Um it wasn't it was really my mom, my grandma, my grandma kind of said the same thing my dad did, which was, I mean, when you fell in love with wrestling, you kind of were going into the combat sport yeah. area. We, my, But my grandma thought I was going to probably do jujitsu. And my dad one time said he kind of already saw it coming, that I was either going to box or fight. 
um, because I'm just dumb and I have anger <laughs> issues. <laughs> I like that you went uh, wrestling. You went from wrestling to now doing like MMA fight UFC. So having that first televised performance, how was that? Because that's a different level. Like you said, getting at the actual cage, you got celebrities watching you, you got everybody watching you. So going from high school to now being televised as a MMA fighter, UFC fighter, like how was that your first time? Your first moment that you had inside that cage? Shit. I was the third fight on the prelims against Nick Dalluse. And I'll tell you this, we all had to be there like four. The show started at 6.30, and we went to the back at 5.30. I was fine. Like, it was like I was about to go out there and wrestle. I was fine. Yeah. I was ready. I was like, I had my I had my head tell me, man, you the fucking champ. You, you the boy. You the man. Fuck, you only trained for a month. Yeah, you cut this weight in a week. You cut from 170 to 40, 42 in a week. Yeah, you got this shit. It ain't nobody disciplined more than you. I kept telling my shit, myself that I was fine. Got my gloves. They told me what color I was. Well, the first fight goes out. Um, I'm sitting there. I'm changing. Get, get, as soon as I get my jock strap on, I start to feel a little energy towards me. And I couldn't really tell if it was positive or negative. <laughs> and... So I put, I adjusted my jock strap, put my fighting shorts on, my compression shorts on, and then I put my my fighting, my Muay Thai fighting trunks on when I was still part of Memphis Jiu Jitsu uh, with uh, Brooke Child, Childress, Trey Manley, all the good people that, if any of y'all watch fighting, y'all will know uh, mm-hmm. from the high level. Um, I did that. I put my hoodie on. Put my hood on, put my beats on. Everything was fine. The commission came in and said, start wrapping your hands. Everything was still fine. I felt this energy, but I was good. I was fine. I sat down. Well, Trevor Wallace, he was the coach, because uh, Trey was coaching uh, Jonathan Williams on that car. Um, he told me to give me his hand. The moment he wrapped my hand, my knuckles first is the moment everything sunk in. And I went from you the champ to, oh, shit, this is happening. Bro. Just that moment. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just wrapping my hands. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting there watching like this. And I and then next thing you know, I don't even start doing it. It just automatically starts happening. I start rocking my foot up and down. I'm just I'm bumping to my music. I'm listening. I think I think I was listening to my walkout song. My walkout song was "Get Backers" by Spotum Got him that fight. And I was listening to that. I was listening to that. And okay, next hand goes around. I start to calm down a little bit. Get some knuckles again, and it's just, bam, just pressures. And all I was thinking about was, I'm about to get in there with a trained dude that knows how to kill a motherfucker. Yeah. With bare head. Yeah. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, this shit continued 
more fights went on. Like it, it was the same. It's the same feeling every fight, bro. Yeah. Like it's weird. And for wrestling, I would get nervous enough to where I had to shit. I would pee a lot before matches. Oh man. This, this was different. This is how I knew this was a different feeling I had never felt before. Because I never had to do the shit that I had to do in wrestling. I just knew I was a different type of nervous. Yeah. But I couldn't tell if it was positive or negative. Now, we're going out there. Got the hood on. My coaches, they got the bucket. Christian, uh, Christian looked at me and said, you're the guy. You're the guy. Pat him. He's patting my back. He's yelling, you're the guy. You, you, you the best. Show them who the elite is. You're the best. Chris Cloud. You Chris. Yes. You're match. Get in the center. Just going like that. And then I'm right behind Nick and his team. And me and Nick make eye contact. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I had all respect for Nick uh, for everything he did. But we made eye contact. And that jumped my nerves. That jumped my nerves so high. It wasn't even funny. I felt like I had a heart attack for a second. And then Christian turns me around and is like, hit, hit, hit my hands for me. And I start going one twos, one two threes, two three two, all that. Um, my regular combos. Um, and he goes out. He comes out with Mariah Carey fantasy. Ah. And that kind of like calms my nerves a little bit. Yeah. Thinking to myself, I'm like, well, name is pretty boy his nickname is pretty boy and then the second i was like i was like it'd be real funny if he does knock me the fuck out <laughs> walking up to the song like i was literally just making jokes in my head and the his shit stopped and they called their they yell cloud and i come up there to fight and the commission looks at me and says okay you got we got 30 seconds to talk these are the rules this is what you need to do no eye gouges no nut shots no elbows to the head, no knees to the head, which you be in the next-gen division. Uh, as you keep three three-minute rounds, keep it clean, have a nice, clean fight. I see you out there. Touch my gloves when you're ready to go out there. They start playing my background music. I touched his gloves. I went out there. And I was nervous until I stepped in front of the camera. Mm. And this is this is how I knew this is, and this may answer one of your next questions. I kind of feel like this is one of your next questions. That's when I knew MMA was the sport waiting for me. Yeah, because growing up, growing, growing up, growing up, I always wanted to be number one. I always wanted to be different. I I was diagnosed with high functioning autism, so we were looked at different. Yeah. Our whole lives. You we were looked at that differently our whole life. We 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 got we we're basically labeled as the kids that won't have nothing. So because we're mentally retarded or some shit like that. Well, I wouldn't make that change. So and not only that, I put more effort into it more than just for autistic kids. I did it because my whole life I felt like a failure because of my biological father. And shit like that, and because of what what I have done in my past, that has reminded me of reminded my mom, and I hate seeing my mom see the reminder when I stepped in front of the camera. Every every fight, I step in front of the camera, and the spotlight, the light is on me. Yeah, I feel like the most unbeatable person in the world because I feel like I have 
I feel like I'm at peace. I'm at home. Yeah. That I could live in there all day. Yeah. I could, I could live in there. Uh, it could be a 15 second fight. I can lose. He could, he can go out 15 seconds. But for me, that's going to feel like a whole decade. Right. That I just use because I'm sorry. Wrestling, wrestling was enough for, for its time frame. And I know my mom, if she watches this, she's going to disagree. But wrestling was just for the time being. I was always supposed to be a fighter. Yeah. And every every fight that I go out there, every fight I go out there and I get the camera put on me and I put the spotlight, man, fuck that WWE shit. I actually yeah. do feel like a real motherfucker that ain't scripted. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I am. You are, though. You are. Yeah. Because yeah. You're, you are the high autistic kid that'll beat all the adversity, you know, even through uh, the bad relationship that you had coming out of school, you know, your family saying you shouldn't fight and you like, look, I'm going to fight now. You found a home for yourself, you know, and now you can be able to no. um, you can be able to inspire other children with who are considered high functioning, autistic or autistic. Um, and we only got like five more minutes today. So what I want to really, really. Uh, ask you is you know as a person who's high functioning autistic who has beat adversity who has went through a, a relationship that has taught them something you know whether it's mentally or physically um through all that that you have went through what would you say for people out there looking at cloud listening to this and saying man he did it all but i want to know how do i start what would be the first two things somebody has to do to become or wanting to start to be an MMA fighter, a UFC fighter? Like, what are two things you would recommend for them to do, starting now? The first the first thing, if y'all y'all in a dark place and y'all don't know how to start to, to, to like, fight, fight the adversity and shit, I know I just said it's peace. Peace is always good, but at the start, you're going to have to say, fuck peace. You have to, you're going to have to be you. You're going to have to destroy shit. Friends are going to leave. Girlfriends are going to leave. There's more fish in the sea. Uh, take your time. Be mean. Be aggressive. Don't tell people Don't tell people anything that, that you want to tell them. Tell them what they need to know. Don't, don't put yourself out there too much. Let the media do that. Because once the media does that, you get fan base. You start getting clout and all of that. But it's good clout. Yeah. Um, the second thing is fuck everybody. If it ain't you, it don't matter. Because of the fact of with something like this, everybody's trying to kill everybody. Mm. Not not everybody that says they're your friend is your friend. Not everybody that, that claims to be your enemy is always your enemy. Thanks, thanks. Always remember that. Always remember that. So, uh, uh, look, everybody. <laughs> that's that's two key uh, things right there. Never, never forget that Mike Tyson said it best. Um, and always had the mindset you're the best ever, and that you 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 get better every day, and believe that you're striving to be the best every day. Because if you don't think that, you've already failed already in life. Mm, already. And and y'all look. Y'all little kids that probably watch this stole, stay off the porn, bro. This shit gonna kill your brain and kill everything like that, bro. 
Bruh, y'all want to chase some goals? I got to get off that shit. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cause depression. It's going to cause you to be unmotivated. And it's cause you to have fantasies that ain't true. Stay off this stuff and chase something better. Because porn will destroy your brain. And fry hey, yeah. you, Porn will. Porn yeah, will destroy true. you, okay? For all you people out there, this porn will destroy you. Excuses, excuses. Look, once one once wise man, one one wise Iowa Hawkeye wrestler once said, excuses are for wusses. Hey, so no excuses. Basically. Don't make that no excuses. No excuses. Yeah. You can't stop it. I like that. Like there's a people that will be watching this that is watching this and that they're gonna be very inspired by what yeah. you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate you yeah. coming on. And just letting people uh, inside your world just a little bit as an MMA fighter, because I like UFC, yeah. I like watching MMA, but to know someone that's doing it and out here in real life still going through life, it's like, wow, I get to tap inside their mind and what they're really doing other than just the TV, because on TV, it'll just make you feel like all you got to do is know how to fight, and there's way more to it. You know, it's so much more to it. Yeah. So, Cloud, keep going, man. Keep pushing. I want people to hear your... um. Shout out to social media again before we get off. I want people to make sure if you are uh, a person that want to fight, tap into them right now. What's the social media again? Make sure, make sure y'all tap into all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat Plus, uh, TikTok, KCloud MMA is the TikTok. Mm. All the ads, KCloud MMA has all my stuff and everything. Also, make sure if any of y'all want any tickets, with the promo code under my name for September 16th, I face Corbin Lyons from uh, Hub City MMA. I'm going back to my hometown to fight one of my guys that used to cross-train with me when I trained at law school before I moved to oh. Mississippi. It's going to be a good fight. It'll be a great fight. I'm fighting at 135 again, uh, trying to make my name out there. Hopefully, this is the fight that gets me the title fight. Um, let me know. DM me on any platform asking about tickets. Let's Especially Char, Char, <laughs> Natalie. Yep. Y'all too. Y'all can go on a date, come up to Memphis, some yeah. shit like that. It'll be at the it'll be at the Cannon Center. Shit, I'm coming out to show out, show them where the 901 is made and that we real hey. motherfucking Memphis right here. Like at law school MMA, I want I want to thank on this podcast, whoever watches it, I'm sure Brian and them will watch it because they follow me. I appreciate you for getting on. It means a lot to us. So, again, make sure you guys go follow the social media. If you are interested in being an MMA fighter, UFC fighter, hit him up on the social media and find out what it means for you today because you, too, could be finding your home where you belong. We all need that type of feel in this world, whether you are an MMA fighter, whether you are a cook, a baker, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, you deserve to feel like you belong in this world, okay? So make sure you guys go check that out. And you already know, and I'm going to tell you, nobody told you today, tomorrow, yesterday that they love you. Know that Char loves you from the PG Podcast. My guy, Christopher Elite Cloud loves you. And you already know, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, let's get it. Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go.